0: Holy Communion, worship. For somebody like me who's been speaking to audiences for over 50 years, speaking into a little camera at the kitchen table is a different deal. But it is what it is. So many of you have let me know that you've listened. That helps me. We praise the Lord for that. Father, I ask you to fill your servant today. I ask that you would overrule anything that is not of the Spirit of God. I ask you if there's anything that doesn't bring glory and honor and praise to you, that you would overrule it, but that you would speak the oracles of God, that you would enable, empower, and give utterance to your servant today. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, amen. I know that many of you are as heartbroken as Dina and I are about what is going on in our nation, it is heartbreaking to us, and as I was praying and seeking what the Lord would desire for me to share, I have personally reached out. To all of the African American members of our church, to express our love, our willingness to listen, our support. And the Lord has shared with me that there's something deeper than racism that is our problem. Racism is just a manifestation of a deeper root, and that deeper root is called prejudice. And I am am here to tell you that I don't think any of us go through this life without some prejudice hidden deep in the patterns of our thinking, speaking, and behaving, that is our flesh, that is not under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit. Because prejudice is a lot deeper and and carries a whole lot more than racism. Let's get a definition of prejudice. It is an internal spiritual condition that prejudges somebody's value, somebody's motives, or somebody's positions, the positions they hold internally or externally based on external such as skin color, ethnicity, cultural expression, where they went to school or how they were educated, political views, economic conditions, that is rich, poor, middle class, And or any perceived internal condition or position. An internal spiritual condition that prejudges somebody's value or their motives based on all of these things. And you know what? There's a whole lot more on that list. There's a lot of people who won't listen to me these days because of how old I am. I've experienced prejudice many years because of what God has called me to do. You try having a conversation sometime with somebody on an airplane or in a public place, and they say, What do you do? Well, I'm a pastor. It's over. It's over. There's rejection based on appearance. Sometimes people, as I've listened to our members this week, there are those who have been suspicioned and profiled simply because of their appearance the color of their skin, how they wear their hair, how they may be dressed. My son. prejudice. There's prejudice against a whole lot more than race. There's prejudice against the church affiliation of some people. Oh, So you're one of those mainline believers. So you must be liberal in what you believe. Oh, you're one of those Pentecostals. You must be half crazy. I've experienced this stuff and you have too. Prejudice a judgment of somebody's value or motives or positions. Oh, so you got a degree from the University of Alabama? Oh, I can't be for you. You got a degree from Auburn University? It's over. Oh, so you wear a uniform and you're a police person. You're in law enforcement. Well, you must be racist. You must be prejudiced. Prejudice is everywhere it comes in a lot of containers oh so you are a an obese person oh so you that means you don't have any personal discipline you don't ever exercise your body or anything like that you don't have a clue uh, uh, about the the genetics or the, the the all the internal things that goes on in somebody's body or brain but you just must be lazy Oh, you're poor. Oh, you won't. Oh, that just must mean <clears throat> that you won't. You're way too lazy to get a job. You don't have any prejudice. How do you see people? How do I see people? What are our thoughts when we see somebody in a certain place? The problem is not race or ethnicity or position, the problem is the heart. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 15. He said, out of the heart, verse 19, out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to something on the outside. In this case, eating with unwashed hands. He was talking to the religious snobs. He says, that does not defile me. It's out of the heart. Our issue is, everybody say this with me. The prejudice that I have is a condition of my heart. However, Holy Spirit, show us where there is prejudice, where we have prejudged somebody's value or motives or positions based on any of these things. So let's ask ourselves the question, what is my heart condition? Years ago, I was driving a a vehicle that I didn't have very long, and I pulled out into an intersection, and it died with vehicles coming. I was blessed and favored of God. See, some of you pray for me every day, and you don't know how many times I've been rescued. The car miraculously cranked back up. I got it to the shop, and they said, Mr. Franklin, here's the issue. Your fuel lines are clogged up. What the Lord showed me this week was, sometimes in our inner man, our lines of communication with our Father's heart get clogged just because of sitting still. Just sitting there. Staying in neutral, not investing in prayer and praising the word of God, not seeking the Lord with all our heart. All you got to do to roll downhill is nothing. So here's the question I've asked the Lord to show me. Show me where there's residue in my main lines. Show me where where there's blocking of the Holy Spirit's love and grace and power. Show me where there's a blocking of the intimacy that you want me to have with you as my father. Where's the residue in my own internal channels? And a lot of times this residue collects and what it does is it lets in lies and perceptions and stereotypes. Listen, if you watch the news, over and over and over and over and over again. Um, And I I told one of our precious black members this week, what happens is when you see something all the time, you begin to assume that people did that bad thing because they had a certain skin color or lived in a certain part of town. What is that? It's a lie of the devil. Jesus said he is a liar and the father of lies. I want to tell you something. What happened to Mr. Floyd was hideous. It was horrendous. But it didn't happen because the perpetrator was a white man. It happened because of condition of that man's heart. The murder of the 50-year-old the police officer in Moody this week who got lured into a hotel room and shot down a father of three didn't happen because the perpetrators were black. It happened because the condition of their heart. Where'd you get that? Jesus, it's out of the heart that flow these things. It's a heart issue. But we begin to make assumptions, and if we see something so long, we begin to assume that people made these choices because of things on the exterior like skin color, places of residence, ethnicity, all these things. That is the lie of the devil. It's the heart condition. So let's ask ourselves this question. Lord, what lens am I looking at how do I view people? Do, how, how do I look at them? Do I have perceptions and stereotypes? If I see a Middle Eastern person, do I automatically assume they're a terrorist? If I see a Hispanic person, do I automatically assume that they're just living off my taxpayers' dollars? They are illegal and shouldn't be in this nation. When I see somebody who's different from me, what is my assumption? Is it based on the truth of the Word of God? And are we looking through the lens of our Father? When I hear somebody who. Claims to be of a different political persuasion, as I do, I automatically assume they're inferior to me. It is an internal spiritual condition that prejudges somebody's value, prejudges somebody's motives. I see some of you squirming, well, good, I've been squirming all week. Amen. So many times when we see things and we perceive things, anger arises. Is that anger righteous or is it punitive? I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to show you something from the Word of God. Do you know that you have the right to stand up and protest things that are unrighteous, things that are severely broken that need addressing. You don't have the right to burn and loot other people's property that they've invested their lives in. It's sin and wrong. So is the anger, is it righteous? Watch this. Somebody mentioned uh, the anger of Jesus this week and how he overturned um, the money changers in the temple. Understand this, Jesus didn't destroy the temple building. He just overthrew something on the outer courts that was illegitimate that people were using for their own profits Instead of the worship of the Father in the house of prayer. He didn't destroy the building. He just stopped that immoral, illegal, and ungodly activity. What lens do we look through? Well, Ephesians 4, let's take a look here, verse 26. Be angry. See, there are certain things we ought to be angry about. Be angry and do not sin. How many of you know it's real hard not to sin when you're really angry? Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Even if you get angry for the right reason, don't let it become aged anger. Did everybody hear that? Even if you're angry for the right reason, don't put a time limit on it. Don't go to sleep on it. Don't let that anger seethe and and simmer and age. Why? Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. Anger that is continually churned gives opportunity for the devil. I want to tell you something so much of what we're seeing now in this world, in this country, in this city, there is, there is some that is righteous and ought to be called out. And there is some that is punitive and is ignited by the devil. You so say, what are we going to do about it? I'll tell you in a minute. Understand that everything that's born out of righteous anger, if it stays, it churns, and it gives the opportunity for the devil. So what lens should I look through? Okay, keep going back to the right now to Hebrews chapter 4. I want to show you an incredible passage. Everybody does understand now that we're primarily citizens of the kingdom of God, right? Right? Verse 12, chapter 4 of Hebrews, for the word of God, here's the lens, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God shows me my motives. It shows me where my thoughts are heading. Verse 13, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Everybody say this with me. I'm going to have to give an account to my thoughts and my motives to the Lord let me say that one more time everybody say it with me according to the Word of God I'm going to have to give an account of my thoughts and my motives to the Lord now that's a sobering thing so the lens through which we see God We pray for the authority of the Word of God to be the lens through which we see life, the lens through which we see others. Your Word is clear. There is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor split free, but all are one in Christ Jesus. And watch over your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of your life. Proverbs 4.23. God, may the word of God be the lens through which I see everyone and everything. So what should I do? I don't know about you, but the more you listen to news, uh, the more you feel helpless to do anything. That's a lie of the devil. Let me me tell you all something. It's taken me a long time to understand this. What you see on the media with this group of people that are doing the, the 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 detrimental things out of hatred, please understand that that is by nowhere near the way most people act. Nowhere near. nowhere near the way most people act. And if you're not careful, the devil will tell you a lie and say, this is the way it is with everybody. No, it's not. Nowhere close. So what do we do? Number one, we yield our hearts to the love of God. Do you know that prejudice of any kind violates the heart of God? It grieves the Holy Spirit. Prejudice of any kind violates the loving heart of our Father who sees all men and women as equal in value. All prejudice violates the heart of God. It hurts him. It grieves his spirit. What else? I love Romans 5, 5. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom we have from God. Have you received Christ as your Lord? The love of God has been poured out in your heart. It's already there by the Holy Spirit. So learn to yield to the love of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to be Lord. Where the Spirit is Lord, there, there is life and freedom. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Understand, we can't change anybody. But we can be agents through whom the love of Christ moves. How are we going to help change this? One at a time. Right there in your world. In your world. In your world. You're not in charge of the political machinery. You're not in charge of demonstrators or police. And you're not in charge of any of that But you know what you are in charge of? You're in charge of allowing the love of God to be Lord in your life and be the filter through which you look. The love of God. And you know what that means? We have got to be careful to listen to the corrective voice of the Holy Spirit. When we see somebody who's not like us and our automatic thought is they're not equal in value to me, we need to call it out. And say, Holy Spirit, you're right, I'm wrong. I ask you to forgive me of that sin. I consider they are just as valuable as as I am in the sight of Almighty God. Call yourself out. The love of God. Well, what else? Make a conscious effort to reach out to somebody who's not like you. Make a conscious effort to listen to somebody who's not like you. They may come from a different race or a different ethnicity or a different social group or state. Make an effort to. To listen to somebody who's not like you and make a conscious effort to love somebody that, that is different from you or somebody you may not even agree with. Reach out to somebody who's different from you. And that's how the walls are going to change. One at a time. You just do what you do. One at a time. I could give you countless examples from the scriptures of how the love of God always breaks the barriers of division. But you know the most powerful thing that we can do is pray. God's Word says that prayer is essential. What did our praise team lead us in earlier? Since we have a high priest, before the throne of God, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Go before the throne of Jesus and cry out, Cry out for what's going on. Cry out for where we are. Cry out for the mercy and the grace and the healing and the restoration that is in our Father's heart. That's where power is. Do you know that political systems come and go, but they never affect lasting eternal change? It's always a heart change that is lasting and eternal. Listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't stand up and raise your voice about inequities and systematic racism or any of that. You do what you need to do. But understand that real change comes from the heart. And it comes through the power. It's prayer accesses the very power of God. Ephesians 6, 12 says, the struggle's not with flesh and blood. Everybody say it with me. People are not my problem. And in closing, I want to take a look here at Ephesians 1. I want to show you something mighty. Ephesians 6 tells us that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and world forces of this darkness. There are demonic spirits that are stirring up hatred and rage and destruction. We need to come against them in the authority of the Word of God through prayer. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 beginning with verse 15, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith, and this is a prayer I pray over you every day. I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you. I make mention of you in my prayers that understand this is a prayer that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your heart your understanding would be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and watch this look at verse 19. This is the prayer, that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to, that is in line with, the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named not only in this age, but in that which is to come. And he put all things under his, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The church is the key to the victory. It is accessed through prayer The resources of heaven. The exceeding greatness of his power. Which is far greater than principalities and powers and world forces of this darkness. And every name that is named. The name of Jesus is greater. Greater than any power or name on the earth. May we never begin to feel like that any man, any party, any movement has more power and authority than the Lord of heaven. And may we humbly go before the throne of heaven and ask our Father for revelation of who we are in Jesus Christ, of the hope that is in him of the authority that is in those who believe. What does that mean, Pastor? We ought to begin to go before heaven, and in the name of Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and earth, we need to begin to bind and loose some things. Matthew 16 Those who believe that Jesus is the anointed one, Jesus said, I call you my church and I give you the authority to bind on earth, it'll be bound in heaven. To loose on earth, it'll be loosed in heaven. We need to be praying for the binding of murderous, riotous, destructive forces, uh, demonic forces, that are igniting the destruction and the hatred in this nation. We need to pray for the binding of the spirit of prejudice out of which flows racism, out of which flows all the divisions that we see that are so nauseating in this nation today. We need to ask the Father to release a mighty spirit of love and grace and reconciliation and respect. We need to pray for the movement of the hand of God on the leaders of this nation to stop all this bickering nonsense and become people of prayer and righteousness. Now I won't be this mad when the sun goes down. But we need to rise up, people. People of faith need to rise up in faith. And you need to begin. You say, I can't do much. You can go before heaven and pray for the destruction of the destroying elements fueled by the devil and his demons in the name of Jesus. And then do your part. Walk in the love of God. Ask the Spirit to correct you and get on it when He does. Engage with somebody different than you. You, pay, you, you probably have to pay a price. There are people in this room today who are paying a price for being in this church. Some of my black brothers and sisters, my children in the Lord, have been verbally beat up because they're sitting under a white pastor and rejected. They're paying a price to be here. It's true. I was not the most popular guy in the world or even in my family, I'm sure. when people would come to me that I loved, like my own sons and daughters. You you do understand now that in the ministries that we cover, there are seven of them and five of them are headed by black men and women. You do understand that. They are my sons and daughters. You do understand that half of our deacon board officers are black men. Is that some kind of politically correct thing? No, that is because they have walked in the honor and integrity of the Lord and have distinguished themselves as true servants of God. We ain't going to be a mega church. We we don't we don't like enough sh- machinery. I don't care two hoots about that. What I'm trying to tell you is uh, that out there. I hadn't fit the squares for a long time, and you're never going to do much good if you just always fit the squares. You can get broad, but you won't be very deep. That is not a yea me, that is a woe is me if I don't obey the Lord. There's a passage in Revelation that talks about on that final day of looking out and seeing a massive expanse from every nation, tribe, and tongue, the sons and daughters of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to join Dean and me and your pastors in praying for the breaking down of the strongholds of hatred and prejudice. And however it reveals itself in all those myriads of ways. And refusing to accept it in your inner man. Amen. You bow your heads with me. How blessed are we to be able to come before the throne of God. How blessed are we to know that there is one who's won every victory. There is no force in heaven or earth that is equal. Hallelujah. How blessed are we to know that in the end, he always wins. But today, in this hour, how blessed are we that we can be part of the solution. As a church, as individual believers, we can walk in the love of God. I'm encouraging you to listen to somebody different from you. To make an effort to express love and affirmation to somebody who's not like you. I'm asking you to put aside Unrighteous anger and invest more energy in prayer for our God to move mightily in this land, to heal this land. It's the key. I wonder how many of you would say today, Pastor, Spirit of God, He's shown me some things that I wasn't aware of when I came in here today. I can't tell you how many things the Lord has shown me that you have a preset judgment about that. Would you join me today and say, I want to yield to whatever the Holy Spirit says is the heart and the Word of God. I want my lens, through which I view life and everybody in it, to be the Word of God, the heart of God. Anybody here who says that with me today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we humble ourselves today under your mighty hand and we pray. We seek your face and we will turn from our wicked ways. Help us to see as you see, love as you love, in the name of Jesus. Dean and I love you so much. Thank you so much for your prayers. We've been through some stuff since we met last. God is good. Thank you for your prayers. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.